On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, good morning all. Before we begin, remember the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, goals or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, you should always contact an investment advisor and you can find out more about what Craig's does in that regard by going to our website, which is craigsip.com. Okay, let's look back at last week, and it was a bit of a mixed bag for global share markets. We saw the S&P 500 in the US have another down week, uh, so that index was down 0.3%. So we've had a couple of weeks where things have just uh, given back some of those recent gains. It's still been a strong run these last few months. The S&P 500 is still 14% above those October lows. And uh, it's still up more than 6% in 2023. But we just have seen a bit of caution creep in. And I think there's a range of factors at play there. We we'd probably just got a bit of ahead of ourselves um, uh, a few weeks back. And also we had a slightly stronger than expected inflation report. We've had some inflation revisions that tell us that uh, last year's inflation wasn't quite as... Uh, it hadn't softened to the degree that we, we first thought. So you've seen interest rates rebound a little bit on the back of those um, those indications. And people are just, just it's just a good reminder for, for investors that um, we're not out of the woods yet. We have seen some of those key indicators move in the right direction, but it won't be all plain sailing and it won't be a ride that is without bumps. So the US was, was off slightly. Uh, the Aussie market was also down. It fell 1.1%. We had some of the some of the other international markets were actually up. Europe was up 1.4%. The UK up 1.5%. Uh, and the FTSE 100 in the UK actually rose to an all-time high during the during the week. So I think that was in the Thursday trading session had a, had a fresh all-time high. So some markets certainly doing better than others. The local market down 0.3% during the week so um, uh, reporting season started and there were some some good results some not so good results uh, you had a number of stocks that were impacted by either uh, the news about the weather event and the tragedies that we're seeing in parts of the country like the Hawke's Bay like Gisborne um, the likes of Scales is one notable example Scales was down 19% lots of lots of orchards and the Mr. Apple business is is uh, predominantly in that part of the country, and you also had a few results that were maybe okay, but without sort of the you know the the buoyant upbeat guidance that people might have been hoping for. So you know Fletcher Building was one notable example. Fletcher's finished the week down about nine percent. So uh, some ups and downs uh, everywhere, everywhere really. Um, interest rates did keep pushing higher, like I mentioned. So the US two-year yield increased from 4.5 to 4.6 percent. The 10-year was up from 3.7 to 3.8. And uh, the New Zealand five-year swap rate also pushed up by about 0.1%, around 10 basis points. So bonds, uh, local corporate bonds down a little bit in February, down 0.4% so far, but still up more than 1.5% this year. If we look back at some of the key releases, uh, starting starting on the local front, we had some housing market data uh, come out. This was the January housing report from the REINZ, the Real Estate Institute. 
and more of the same really the weak trends that we got so used to last year have continued into january so sales volumes down sharply you know down nearly 39 percent compared to december down 27 percent compared to the same month in 2022 so uh, the market is incredibly slow uh, the number of days to sell was up and prices were down further. So the National House Price Index fell another 1.4% in January. So now you've got New Zealand house prices 16.3% below their peak, which came in November 2021. And Auckland prices were down 1.6%, which sees Auckland prices down 21.4% below the peak. So it's been it's been a decent correction. Those numbers sound large, and they are, but you know, as as I've said before, we've just got to acknowledge the strength that we saw in the lead up to that peak. So uh, in the two years leading up to that November 2021 peak, uh, New Zealand house prices rose between 45 and 50 percent, depending on which part of the country you're sort of looking at. And uh, that's an incredibly strong run in a two year period. So there is still a little bit of heat that I think needs to come out of that market. Just something to bear in mind. Uh, we also had some Reserve Bank uh, figures come out. They released their survey of expectations, which they release every quarter. And this is important because it tells us what people are expecting looking forward in terms of inflation. And uh, that's important because inflation expectations tend to drive behaviour. You know, if the general feeling out there is that inflation's going to go up or stay really strong, uh, people have a tendency to buy things today um, to avoid the price rises, and that obviously fuels inflation even more. So it's really important from a central banking perspective that you keep in future inflation expectations anchored. You know, you need to maintain that credibility and confidence within the market that you'll be able to get inflation to um, acceptable levels. And if you lose that market confidence, then it's very hard to win it back. So the good news here is that while people are expecting uh, inflation to remain strong in the short term, like you know, over the one, next one year, uh, expectations still look very high, but you move out two years, and on average, the expectation is for 3.3%, so that's a little little lower than we saw three months ago, still still above the, the 1% to 3% range that the Reserve Bank targets, but coming down and then more even more importantly, looking ahead five years, uh, inflation expectations are sitting at 2.36%. So again, that's down slightly from three months prior and moving back towards the middle of that 1% to 3% range. So I think the Reserve Bank will be happy about that. Um, still a bit of work to do, but um, they'll be happy that inflation expectations are anchored in the long term and that we're seeing things just soften a little bit in that regard. Right, US inflation, this came in hotter than expected. That was expected. You know, it was expected to be you know, a little stronger than we've seen in recent months. So in January, uh, we saw the headline CPI rose, rise half a percent. That's the highest since October, uh, well above 0.1% that we saw in the previous month. So we've seen a bit of an acceleration there, and it was pretty broad-based. Same when you look at the core CPI, which excludes food and energy because they're volatile, so that's why you exclude them when you do the core figures. That came in at 0.4%, which was in line with the previous month. But you know, it's not it's not falling. We'd rather see that falling. When we look at inflation at an annual level, the pace is still moderating further. Um, so it did come in ahead of forecast, but we still saw a decline. So the headline CPI 
uh, which listeners will remember peaked at 9.1% back in June, uh, it fell to 6.4 in January, which uh, the good news is that that's down from 6.5 a month earlier. So it's still the seventh consecutive monthly decline, the lowest since October 21. Uh, 2021, but 6.4 is still above forecasts, which were for 6.2%. So some good news and bad news there. Just a reminder that it's sort of going to be two steps forward, one step back when it comes to getting inflation back to where we would like it to be. Uh, This week, starting locally, we've got the OCR decision, and this will be out at two o'clock on Wednesday. It's also a monetary policy statement, which means we'll get a new set of economic and financial projections. I recorded um, a piece a few days back talking about this more specifically, so I won't dwell on it. You can go and listen to that one if you want to know my more detailed thoughts about what the Reserve Bank might do and why and some of the things I'll be looking out for. But long story short, you'll get another rate hike on Wednesday. It'll probably be... 0.5%, 0.5%, 50 basis point at points, and that will take the OCR to 4.75%, uh, which is the highest that we've seen, obviously, since the you know the, the GFC years of 08 and 09. Um, I suspect there'll be as much interest in the new projection. You know, we want to see if the Reserve Bank has changed its view about the path of inflation or growth or unemployment, and if it sees something different to what it had last time, which was that the OCR would go up to 5.5. So will they stick with that or will they pair that OCR peak? You know, will they reduce it a little bit on the basis that we've seen, you know, a few things go their way? We'll also be looking for some commentary around what um, uh, what the Cyclone Gabriel uh, impact and devastation might mean for inflation, monetary policy and so forth. I don't think, I don't think they'll cut interest rates or, or pause the, the monetary policy hiking cycle on the basis of, of what you've seen in some parts of the country. Um, the best way that policymakers could could help there is with um, fiscal policy, which is government spending, you know, targeted government, government spending to support people, support businesses, support communities, and support the rebuild. That's a much more effective and faster way to deal with this than um, either reducing interest rates or... Um, you know, pausing the, the the increases. So I don't think it'll actually move the dial in a substantial way for the Reserve Bank, but I will obviously expect uh, impact sort of their, their forecasts and expectations. Um, still too early to say there, though. You know, we're, we're waiting for more data to come to light, and it really is just guesswork to try and put numbers on the, the cost of the of the rebuild and the cost of the of the damage, but um, the numbers will be big. That's that's what I, I can say with with confidence. Uh, we had another dairy auction. Um, no, we didn't have another dairy auction. Sorry, but we've got one coming up. We've got another ca- one coming up on Wednesday morning. So a fortnight ago, we we had some better news for the sector. Uh, we saw the global dairy trade index post its first rise since December, and it was actually the biggest gain in about five months, up three point two percent. So uh, that's good. We'll see if that trend continues. Looking further afield, uh, we've got PCE inflation in the US, personal consumption expenditures inflation, and this is a different type of inflation reading to the one I just talked about that came out last week in the US, but it's very important because it's the one that the Federal Reserve sees as as most useful in terms of being a true measure of uh, price pressures that people are seeing. So 
Uh, the PCE report will be important on Friday. I think it will show similar trends as to last week's inflation figures, and that will be the annual inflation rate will continue to look better, but the month of January will show uh, an uptick in inflation, which um, is obviously not what we want to see. The The Fed next meets in about a month's time, um, just over a month in sort of second half of March. At the moment, people are expecting another hike of 0.25%, so a quarter of a, a quarter of a percent, 25 basis points, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this will be the, the last uh, PCE inflation uh, report before that meeting. So it's quite an important one. Uh, the other thing I'll be watching on the global calendar are the, the flash PMIs, the purchasing, man purchasing managers indices, which are essentially the surveys there, but they give us a good read, very up-to-date read on activity and where that's tracking and what firms are seeing and worrying about in terms of price pressures, input costs, um, supply chain challenges. So these will cover February and, and they'll all be out on Tuesday, sort of throughout the day for regions like Australia and Japan that are closer to our time zone and then overnight you get you know the UK Europe and the US so uh, we'll be watching for any evidence of you know activity either picking up or slowing down um, and we'll be watching for some of the inflation sort of indicators that we might see plenty going on in terms of earnings too um, internationally uh, the earnings season is winding down uh, but there's still a few to come and we've got a few of the retail uh, US heavyweight retailers this week, Home Depot and Walmart, both reporting on Tuesday. Also a couple of those um, uh, Chinese tech giants, Alibaba uh, on Thursday, Baidu a day before that. And it's a couple of others that are of interest to NVIDIA, um, Intuit, which is um, a bit of a comp for zero. Uh, so plenty to watch on that front. But locally and across the Tasman, it'll be really busy. You know, it really heats up on the... Um, corporate front so loads of New Zealand and Aussie companies reporting um, A2 Milk out later this morning Monday uh, that'll be a highlight Freightways as well today later in the week we've got EBOS and Spark on Wednesday Air New Zealand Auckland Airport um, Scales all on Thursday Scales in particular will be pretty important you know, we'll hopefully get a bit more clarity uh, about the scale of the impact that their business has felt um, from from the weather in Hawke's Bay. Somerset on Friday, that'll be an interesting one too, uh, given all the, the focus that's on that sector. And on that note, we'll also be watching the Ryman Healthcare share price today. It'll come out of its trading halt. You know, they've done the big, announced the big capital raising and rights issue, and it was a big one. Um and the stock's been in a trading halt. So today it'll open and, I mean, it'll be down, um, but we'll just have to sort of see and watch, you know, how it, how it trades. I think the market will the market will still have confidence in the long-term story for Ryman and putting all of this talk about will they or won't they, do they or do they not need to raise capital, you know, putting all that to bed uh, actually sets them up quite well for the future. So it's um, it's it will have been painful them to sort of have to get to where they've got to and it's it's not great for shareholders in the sense that it's impacted the share price and people have had to stump up more money but I think it does it does sort of reset the base for them and um, gives them a much better platform to work on going forward and uh, obviously you know the focus can then shift to the business and the operations rather than sort of you know the balance sheet and um, 
what needs to happen there. So that'll be interesting this morning too. Uh, across the Tasman, there's a lot of companies reporting. Um, BHP tomorrow, Coles tomorrow, Rio Tinto's the day after that, and Woolworths as well. Uh, later in the week, APA Group, Cleanaway, Ramsey Healthcare, Seek, Bramble. So um, plenty going on. And if you're, you know, if you're following sort of uh, corporate results season, then you will have no shortage of things to keep on top of this week. So uh, there you go. Uh, we'll leave it there. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening. And you know, as, again, like I said last week, if you've been in one of those. Um, uh, regions of the country where your community or, or family or business or um, you know the wider the wider network has been impacted by the bad weather then our, our short thoughts are with you and please take care and we hope uh, we hope you're coping well because it's it's awful sort of what we're seeing and reading from afar all right thanks everybody talk soon for more insights visit craigsip.com.